Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. 2020 is turning out to be a booming time for the pet care industry as more and more places are opening up and our clients are looking to go on those vacations that they held off through last year. This is putting many of us in the spot of starting to wonder if now is the time to hire. However, there are some things that tend to hold us back and whether hiring is even the right move for us. So we're really excited to have Bella Vasta, owner of Jump Consulting and Bella in Your Business podcast to talk all about mindset work when it comes to hiring and making sure that we are going to be the right leaders and the best leaders that we can for people that we bring on. Let's get started. The pleasure is mine. Thank you for the invite. Um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Bella Vasta and I have uh, I started in the pet industry in 2002 as a way to get out of my parents' house during college, believe it or not. Um, they wanted to put a curfew on me and I really wanted to go out karaoke with my friends. So <laughs> when the lady that I babysat for had a friend who wanted me to sleep over with her two dogs... I was ready to pay her, but lo and behold, she paid me. Um, So I started my business completely on accident and uh, realized that I loved it, had a knack for marketing and uh, built the business. Um, In 2007, I was uh, the NAPS Business of the Year. And I also was 35 entrepreneurs under 35 in Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm based. And um, from that notoriety, I got a lot of people asking me, how do I do what you do? And so I started talking to people on the phone and realized that that is my true gift is pouring into others and being their cheerleader and turning I can't into I can and showing people hope. Little did I know that the rest of my life story was going to be a constant um, testimony of all of that. Um, But I, I had really ignited that fire. In 2016, uh, after having my micro preemie baby at only 12 ounces and living in NICU with her for six months and not knowing if she was going to survive while coaching um, pet sitting business owners and operating my own pet sitting company with 10 people at the time, I my goal was always to sell it once I became uh, a mom. And so I did sell it for top top dollar within 30 days because it had all the systems and processes in place to a great buyer. Um, And then I went full force with the coaching because now I could dedicate it to my full time to which we've grown to an agency side where we actually produce people's um, social media, about 40 companies every month. And also my mastermind and of course the podcast. And I also have stepped into speaking back in 2017 where I actually travel... Uh, the UK and the United States talking about leadership and social media um, through, you know, talking on stages basically and and consulting with big companies, corporations too, and helping them train their staff. So that's me in a nutshell, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Yeah. And to to think back that that all, all that branched off of kind of accidentally starting a pet care company, which I feel like, Many of us are in the same shoes, right? Where we kind of look up one day and we go, oh, this is a thing. And and so I wanted to take you back to those early days and, and ask you, do you remember the first time that you hired somebody? I absolutely do, Colin. And I love that question. Um, so 
a lot of things in my life have been very organic. Uh, in my 20s, I lovingly say I probably dated everyone on Match.com over six foot three in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> and that's just my truth. <laughs> and one of, these, one of these gentlemen that I was dating also, uh, he was a restauranteur and he had a bar here in... Um, in uh in Arizona and also one in Jamaica. And he was like, listen, if this is gonna work out, you need to know the other half of my life in Jamaica. Mm. And he's like, come on, you're coming with me to Jamaica for two weeks. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's July. Like July in Arizona is when it's like 115 or hotter. And mm. so everybody and their mother, brother, sister, aunt, uncle leave the state because it's too hot. So <laughs> pet sitting, as you can imagine, uh, your listeners can imagine, you know, it, it's a very busy time here. And I was just like, I was caught. It was my very first like big dilemma in my business. It was, do I have this business and I say no to this opportunity and this possible relationship? Um, or do I say yes and figure it out as I go? So Colin, that was when I got my first worker. It was an independent contractor. It was back when I only had email it wasn't like we could actually like you know be sending emails on our phone and it was back in the day um and i remember i did i i went to jamaica and i of course i didn't do it right i mean i did so many things wrong but it worked everyone lived everyone was alive um but it threw me into into the into the pot immediately and that's kind of very indicative of how i operate a lot of the times. You kind of say yes and figure it out or jump out and sew that parachute on the way down, which is why it's called Jump Consulting. So yes, I, I hired an independent contractor. If those of you guys who know me um, or heard me speak before, you know, I'm very pro-employee. Um, but I I know both sides of the coin. Absolutely. Well, and you say you kind of just have to jump in sometimes because a lot of us get hung up right at that doorstep of going, I don't know, is it time to do this? Is it not time to do this? <laughs> and we can start running through all these different scenarios. So how, how do we finally push ourselves over those, those fears and over those, those questions that kind of keep us from progressing? I think um, what you do with fear as an entrepreneur, and I, I can pretty much peg almost anyone I talk to in the first 10 minutes, um, what they do with fear in their life is going to ultimately determine how they're able to scale their business. Mm. Um, you know, a good example of that, um, would be, um, who I know you guys are friends with, um, Natasha. Why am I? Yeah. Natasha Obanian. Yeah. Who built her own business up to six figures within six, six months. Cause she was like, whatever, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, she's a bright star. She's amazing. Um, her and I, uh, used to be in very well contact a while ago. And, um, she is a a great example of that, but that's the thing. Like you're never going to have a perfect time. You're always going to have fear. I have fear. It's the way that I have a relationship with fear that really matters. It's, are you going to let it live in your kitchen or in your living room? Or are you going to put it upstairs in the attic in a hall closet? You know, um, (laughs) And so that's really what it comes down to. I've seen so many people be paralyzed in fear and they're afraid to make any decisions, let alone changes or growth for five years. And their business is totally plateaued and they they don't want to hire or they don't take that jump, so to speak, because they're afraid of what ifs. And I always equate it to, you know, there's the proverbial boogeyman in the closet. But once you turn the lights on and you get that knowledge, you realize it's just a coat rack. 
So when you actually can fight fear with knowledge, that's really where it all comes from. Every, I want your listeners to think of something that they're afraid of right now. And think about that subject and think about something that you don't know everything about it. But if you got that information, you wouldn't have anything to be afraid of anymore. And that's really what it comes down to. The people that will do it scared, so to speak, because we're all we all have fear, are the ones that are going to actually progress and move forward and get closer to their goals if they have them. The ones that allow fear to be like a warm blanket holding them down are going to be in the same spot next year and next next month. <laughs> well, it it is sometimes it can it can be very comforting, right? Because at least it's keeping you secure, right? It's like this is predictable. This is what I know, and so. My friendly companion fear comes up every now and then and just reminds me of all the bad things that could happen. And so I keep staying in the same place, mm-hmm. right? And versus the mm-hmm. the other side, which you mentioned of like, okay, like we're going to try and put this fear into some context versus our goals and our objectives that we have. And we're going to keep moving forward and yeah, do it scared or, or work scared or work through that fear. But it's in context because of the information, because of the people that we're bringing around in our life. Right. And the other thing is that it's like, what do you, what do you do with it? Like, how, how do you let it live in, in your, in your community, in your brain, in your business? We all have it. So like acknowledge it, but it's what you do with it. That's going to drastically determine your success. Well, and I think there are some really specific fears that I see come up a lot when it comes to hiring uh, things like let's talk about yeah, so, I'll debunk them right now okay. for you. <laughs> <laughs> so one one of the things that I, I that I see a lot of is um, people say, "Well, I, I have I'm afraid of losing control of the business that I'm running." Okay, what are okay. what are ways that we could knock that down? You need to lose control. It's your mindset. I have never met a business owner that's not a control freak. Okay. And so if you really do want to be that, you want to let your inner control freak out, which I encourage you to do, then let's make sure that you've got proper uh, um, employee handbooks, employee manuals, systems and procedures all down, checklists, um, standardized... I just said that, standardized procedures. But like, let's make sure that we, we articulate that inner control freak in you. Mm. That's fine. You're totally going to give up control to someone else because you can't possibly do everything that you need to do as a worker and build the business. If Most of the people that I talk to, they start their business because they want to make a difference in their own lives or their client and the pet lives. right? So like, let's think about this objectively. If we really are connected and tied to that why or that goal, then are we really achieving it by holding on with white knuckles to things and not letting it go? Are you going to make mistakes? Yup. Are your employees going to make mistakes? Yup. But again, is your fear bigger than your why or your will to do things? So giving up control doesn't mean that you don't still have control. Does that make sense? Like you can give up the the control of like five pet sits, but your control is that here's a standardized way to do it. We have trained you. We have retrained you. We have ongoing training. Um, we've shown you, we've told you, we've uh, demonstrated to you. We have uh, monthly emails or monthly team meetings that we brush up on it. How good of a leader are you being? You know, it's not about giving up control, sticking your head in the sand, and not 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 dealing with it at all. But your leadership skills need to improve and increase. Um, 
it's it's kind of almost toxic to think that I I can't grow my business because I don't want to give up control. Yeah. Because like let's identify what actual control are you looking to have and is it possible to consider that you actually could have more control by giving up that quote unquote air quotes here <laughs> control. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I think it's the the fine distinction between the phraseology of losing control versus giving up control, mm-hmm. right? Losing control mm-hmm. means you had no say in it. It just happened. Versus giving up control mm-hmm. is you are handing something off when it's ready, as, and as you've laid out here, with the proper guidelines, with the proper procedures, with the proper training. And so that, even right. that, that verbiage starts to change exactly what we're talking about here. It's not like it's being stripped away from you and you wake up one morning and everything's just a madhouse and wild animals running everywhere, right? It's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's a controlled process of you slowly giving up the control for something better. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Susan from The Pet Gal has this to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Bringing on employees tends to also add some initial work and having to deal with the employees. And so I know that that's another fear of all of this, quote, added work and headache that people have to deal with whenever they bring on employees that they kind of put off when they just don't want to be bothered with that. Yes, 100%. Um, if you don't do your groundwork and create that foundation, then you're, it's not going to go well. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't because they're not sure the right steps to take. So what we're talking about is things like the employee handbook, the employee manual. It's things like figuring out what kind of worker are you actually looking for? So many times in my free Facebook groups, I see people go, what are your favorite interview questions? And that's all fine and dandy, you guys. But it's not just one interview and it's not just one phase. Or rather, I don't believe it should be. So I'm going to generalize industry and I'm going to give you an example, Colin, if that's okay. I think that a lot of people, they're looking for detail-oriented. They're looking for empathetic and caring. They're looking for um, flexibility. And they're also looking for like a long-term stable person. I think I think we could all collectively agree that those would be qualities we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. But at what point do you ever actually ask or test for that in the hiring process? The most I ever see is someone saying, are you willing to drive up to 20 miles a day? Well, Bella, they said that they're willing to drive up to 20 miles a day and now they have a problem with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't test them well enough. <laughs> Like that it it's it doesn't come down to that. Like there is a certain amount that like you understand that this is not just a job, it's a lifestyle, you guys. It's a lifestyle. And if you test it for that, then then it's gonna change your whole perception and your mindset. So what I encourage people to do is do phases of hiring. And this is something you really truly have to sit down for a couple hours. Yeah, you have to do the work. But if you do the work and then you constantly are analyzing it and seeing what's working, what's not working, how to 
test how to tweak it more and more and more. I have some clients that you would go to their Instagram page and you would think that they hired all kinds of social media experts because their 10 staff members are popping off in the most amazing engagement ways on Instagram. And they are flooded with clients because their Instagram is so amazing. Did they did they set out to do that? Or did they start finding people that are comfortable on camera to do things like that because they identified that that's what was important to them? There's, there's, I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg. I could spend a whole podcast just filibustering. So I'm going to stop talking right there. But you have to identify what is important to you. And I don't think a lot of people actually stop long enough to ask that question. They're just because they're they're paralyzed in fear. And then how can you actually test for that in a systematic way that does not depress you all the time? Because let's let's talk about the other side of this, Colin. It's depressing to look for a job or to look for an employee. Mm. And what it's depressing is because you get so many applicants, you get 99 applicants that are a no and that one yes. And so the whole time you're getting distracted in your email because there's a new application, there's a new application, there's a new application. And now you're, you're squirrel moments and you're getting sidetracked and you're reading through and then they ghost you and then you can't remember who you need to contact back. Or was it Susie that said she loved dogs, not cats? Or was it Mary that said she loves dogs and cats? Let me go search through my email. When you don't have things systematized like this with the click of a button to move them on to the next phase, you're doing yourself a disservice. You are depressing yourself. You are getting scared because now you are constant. The only message your brain is seeing is wrong person, wrong person, wrong person, wrong person, wrong person. <laughs> and it's no, it's no doubt that you can't move forward. <laughs> it's, it's this horrible hamster wheel. Luckily, we've solved it in many other ways too right now, but like it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that the people that are, that are, are paralyzed are in that conundrum. And there, it, there's, there's more out there, you guys. It's not a bad thing. I, I want you to remember, why did you get into this business? Why? And it's different for everyone, yet it's all also the same. Because uh, this last thing I'll say, and then I'll, 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 I'll take a drink of water, okay? <laughs> I know that you guys did not get in this business to be hostage to your business. Can I get an amen, Bella? And also to be a slave to your business where you lose all of your interpersonal relationships. People stop asking you to go to a barbecue or to dinner because they know that they're going to be rejected and people don't like being rejected because you're doing pet sits for dog walks. Your family just doesn't expect you to be there for dinner or you're a drive through family that's always eating out, even though you wish that you had time to even think about what to make for dinner, let alone make dinner. Your life doesn't have to be like that. And scaling your business and getting people to work for you can help solve that. But you got to get out of your own way and you got to do it the right way. Because hiring pet sitters and dog walkers work and scaling your company works. It's often the person themselves don't work. And we got to identify that. We got to fix it so that we can get you your dreams. All right. I'm going to take a drink oh, of water. No. You're good. But you're, you're right. We do start in this business because we love the animals. And then we start to love the independence, right? And the different things we can do. And so as we can step away and knowingly give up control, let's say we've conquered that step, right? we've given up control in a good, healthy manner for us and the people that we're bringing on, we do you know, that next step of just looking at that candidate field. And I love how you mentioned that it's not just about hiring people who, quote unquote, love animals or work well with other animals. There are all these kind of like auxiliary or um, secondary characteristics and things that we do have to try and, and take into account and test for. And so I was wondering, you know, when you, when you talk about a process 
for for hiring. What's a what's a process that is going to help us get candidates that are actually or work with us? So uh, this is a two prong answer. So the first prong is first you need to get really clear on what you want to do. Um, I have a three hour course. It's three parts. It's one hour each. It's called Jump and Scale and it's for free. Any of you guys can go download it right now. Um, it's on joinjumpconsulting.com. Put in your email and we'll send you the videos. Um, what that does is it break, it walks you through like who are you looking to hire, how to create that avatar, and then how to actually create a job a hiring ad that talks directly to them. Because one of the things is that if you don't know who you're talking to or who you're trying to attract, then you just have some generic job offer or job description, you know, and that you're like, hey, come work for me. We do everything that all those other pet sitters are hiring for too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no big deal with us. Like, come on, you guys. Like, let's actually like determine who are we talking to? Why is it a benefit for them to work for you? And why would they want to work for you as much as you want them to work? For you, you know, like it's got to be a two way street. That's something else I think a lot of people forget about. It's not just about, oh, I want to hire you, Colin, but Colin, it's just as important that I see that you want to work for me as much as I want you to work for me. It, it's a two way street. The other thing to this is, um, is software. I'm a big proponent of software. Uh, I've been working with Jazz HR for almost three years now, and they have helped hundreds of pet sitters do this. And because of that, I'm proud to always say that like I've got a 50% off deal with them. It's it's super cheap and there's no contracts and I have written um job descriptions um or hiring ads that they give you and they also give you an extra hour of service to help you through figuring out how to set it up and the ins and outs of it which they don't usually do to normal people. So the cool thing with like Jazz HR is it's a step above Indeed. It posts on 15 different job boards. It tells you what job ads are actually converting, which is really, really amazing because maybe you have five different help wanted ads, right? But one of them is, is people see it and they instantly apply. Maybe one of them, people see it and nobody applies. Do you guys have that information already? I have not known any other... Um, software or company to help pet sitters or any job offer job people in that way where you can see that conversion rate and then you can double down on what's working and, and not on the others. You can create those phases, like I was telling you, you know, like, okay, phase one is we're going to test for your attention to detail. And if I like that answer and you pass my standardized uh, grading scale that I have for you, then I'm going to press a button and you're on to phase two because I've already loaded it in there. By the time you get to phase five, you are like, dang, I thought this was just walking dogs, but this is a real business. <laughs> and guys, people are not going to sit there for more than a week to go through your process when you feel like it. You got to be ready to go because just like, you know, I always equate interviewing and hiring to like dating because it is. You're not the only cat in town. You're not the only one that they're applying for interviewing with. So you got to be sexy. You got to be exciting. You got to be, you got to be interesting enough that they're like, oh my gosh, did they, did I hear back from them yet? Or I can't wait to reply to their next one because I want to really show them that I want this job. There's a whole different kind of experience that these people go on and end up. Uh, appearing at your company ready to now go and 
be onboarded because they've been so impressed by this whole hiring process. But unfortunately, Colin, a lot of people are, hey, can you fill out this application? Okay. Thanks to your email four days later. Hey, you want to do a phone interview? 10 minutes, 30 minutes later, you get off the phone. You have no idea what you just asked them, what they just answered. There's nothing standardized about it. And now you're going off your gut feeling. Mm. Then you feel like you need to meet them. So you meet them at a dog park or you meet them at a coffee shop and you either get ghosted or you don't know what else to talk about because you just already like exhausted it all on the phone. And now you're still going off your gut and you hire them. And then you say, and then it doesn't work out. And then you say, hiring doesn't work. It's my area. I can't hire. Well, it's because your system and your process and what you're testing for is, is, is defunct. We need to fix that so that your picker can pick good people and then you can move on to other things. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to offboard the gut feeling into a systemized process, right? To stop relying on the gut. I think yes. you know, that does, I'm sure that you, there is at least going to be some element, you know, at the end of the day where the gut is going to help you, you know, sway yes or no. But you've got to get out 90, maybe 99% of just the gut feeling and move into. Do they meet this? Do they meet this? Do they meet this? Okay. And how have I thoroughly checked each one of these through this process to make sure they're going to be a good fit? Because whether they have the skills or not is one thing. And then there's this other side of, okay, are they a good fit for the culture of my company? Do they vibe with everybody? And and whether we want to admit it or not, all of our companies have a, a quote unquote culture, right? That we might not have... <laughs> <laughs> systematized yet. Um, but there that is another element too that we have to take into account to see whether they're going to be a good fit that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that when you are testing for culture and stuff, you you can, you can, you know, what kind of things do they like to do? Are they a team player or are they individual? Do they have like what is their past experience been with companies before? What did they like about the company? What did they not like about the company? What are they looking for in a company? Where do they want to be in a year from now? What's their focus of their life? What's their goals? And then also with the whole uh, interviewing, I feel like it actually should be 100% systematized. And here's why. Because almost everyone listening here, I've never... I've almost... Okay, I'm not, I won't say never. I've hardly ever met anyone that said, I love interviewing and hiring people. And that's my favorite part of the business, Bella. I, I, I would be a very poor girl if I said, you know, a dime for every time that happened. Like that doesn't happen. And so what happens is when you do actually start hiring people and scaling, what a lot of my successful business owners do is they actually outsource that. So when I say outsource, I say like they hire an HR manager or they hire... Um, they have a manager who that is now their duty. And now they understand exactly what to do every step of the way to the point that that business owner now has that final interview after they've already interviewed and passed with flying colors and met the standards and met all of that. And they're just giving their final sign off, or sometimes they're not even giving their final sign off. And they've delegated that all to the manager because they feel confident that their manager can pick someone that they would because they have identified that gut. Mm. You know, they have they have said on a scale of one to five, you know, we're gonna rate your answer on this. You're a five gets this if you do this with the answer. And that the questions are formed in such a way that you're literally look, you have defined what a right answer and a wrong answer is. You, you know what I mean? Right. So I think the ultimate goal should be to like really get it so that it is systematized, but that's hard for a lot of people because it forces you to figure out who you are and what you want. 
having a business and scaling a business, guys, literally is like your preteen years. It is wildly uncomfortable. Things are happening that you have never experienced before. It is awkward. Um, and you're trying to figure out who you want to be in life. Like you're not a kid and you're not a teenager. You're kind of in between. And I got news for you. That's where your business is at, right? When you start hiring people for the first time, you have a lot of self-discovery to figure out. And your business is a direct reflection of yourself. Mm. Your business is a direct reflection of yourself, which is why leadership is so important. Well, and is probably one of the scariest components of running our businesses, because if we don't know who we are, how in the world do we know who our business is? And then how do the, how would we yes. even be able to fathom who to bring on and who to add that, add, add, to, add into yes, that? Yes, and mix? that's where you get... And that's where, sorry, I got excited there. That's where you get call in the people like in the Facebook groups that say like, what's your favorite interview question? Or um, should I hire this person? Or they're looking for the, the answers outwardly mm-hmm. instead of inwardly. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't ask people, but it would be like, hey guys, listen, I'm, I'm looking for attention to detail. And I thought that the right answer on this kind of question would be this, but this person said that. And it kind of gave me something to think about. What do you think? Yeah. That's a whole different kind of informed or yeah, informed education, educated question than, well, what should I ask them for? You know? And so that is where it really tests you. I always say like the ship can only sail as good as the captain at the, at the, at the steering wheel. Again, you're trying to offboard the gut feeling. And that means mm-hmm. inherently that you're going to have to write some things down in black and white in that scary part of going, make a decision. I'm I'm the one who gets to determine what's right and what's wrong. And so I've got to do this for self-reflection. I've got to think about mm-hmm. this answer, actually, in, in a genuine, honest manner. Because mm-hmm. I feel like too often we go, oh, you could never systematize a gut reaction. Is is it that? Or are we scared to figure out what the answers actually are and, and actually put it down in paper? Yeah. I mean, okay, let's... Awesome question. Let's blow this up. Do you think the Marriott brothers or uh, Mr. Marriott said, we're going to hire people for the front desk based off of gut. And that's how we're going to build a, a, a global brand off of our gut. Like, and that's what yeah. I do call him. Like when I have decisions like that, I blow it up to like the most biggest possibility I possibly can. And then the most tiniest possibility I can. And too many people are playing too small. And but Bella, I don't want to have a corporation like the Marriott or the Hyatt. Okay, I get it, but there's still some lessons there that you can take. It's why you can go to any McDonald's and get the same kind of Big Mac no matter where you are or what country you're in, mostly. Um, yeah, you know, and that's that's where you got to really start thinking about your business that way. Now, do you get to um, to decide what extreme that goes to? Absolutely, but I think it's time for you to wake up, guys. It's time for you to wake up and 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 plant your feet in in the sand, draw that line, and say, "This is what I want." And that is hard because we're all walking around with so many things inside of us. Like, I mean, right now after 2020, a lot of us are probably still in survival mode. And you're like, "I don't care who it is, Bella. I just want to get my business back right now." I get it, but can we? Can I? Can I encourage you to shift your mindset just a little bit and say? Could that have been the biggest blessing you ever had? Could that have been the biggest, best time for you to now build your business back up the way you wanted? Maybe in February 2020, you were sitting there and you were teetering between doing 50% dog walking and 50% 
pet sitting. But what you really wanted to do was build a dog walking company because it's more predictable and it's 10 to 3, Monday through Friday, generally speaking. And you were sick of nights and weekends and holidays and the operations of it. So could we maybe stop the insanity and say, hey, what I really want is dog walking company. So I'm going to take this opportunity right now to build my business back up exactly the way I want. Are we strong enough inside of ourselves, everyone listening, to go after what you really want? What do you really want? Can you articulate that? And then do you have the guts to go after it? That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. I can't tell you the answer. Only you know that answer. Well, well, we'll tell everybody to go ahead and pause the podcast and write down exactly what they want right now. We won't feel bad about it. You can continue playing whenever you're done writing down that homework <laughs> assignment. Um, but you know, 20, 2020 really changed a lot for the industry. And right now in 2021, the job market is weird. Um, I'm, we're, I, I see a lot of hiring signs. I feel, see a lot of open positions around the country and yep. you know, across all the industries. And so as we are looking to to post our ads and start going into that process, how do how do we make ours stand out from the crowd? What are some elements that we should be having? Okay, so um kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, and I definitely have a lot to add to it. The word I like to use is sexy, because it kind of wakes everybody up from walking dogs right now. Sexy, sexy, sexy. You gotta be sexy, guys. Like you have to be not just another ad that people are reading. Um, you get to be around dogs and cats all day. Like your boss licks you. You go home with fur on you. You get to be outside in the sunshine. Moms could drop their gym membership and and you pay them to exercise or dads. Okay. So again, if you have a clear definition of self, it's going to be really easy to illuminate that and be very different than everybody else. But if you don't understand explicitly what you are, then that's going to be hard. The other thing about the mindset with the job market is there's always going to be a problem with the job market. <laughs> In January, February 2020, we were complaining that there's not enough people to hire because it was at an all-time low of like 3% unemployment. Now we're like, yeah, guys, guess what? 2020, uh, sorry, 2021 is going to be volatile. I've predicted every stage of this so far. Right now, we are in a bubble. People are having revenge spending right now. Uh, so now we're feeling the pressure even more to hire, 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 hire. Guess what? What happens to bubbles? They pop. And I predict about fall-ish, it's going to pop and your, your numbers are going to go lower again. And then they're going to surge a little bit towards the end of the year. But no matter what happens with the job market, you looking outwardly again and saying that like, oh my gosh, the climate, oh my gosh, this, this is why it's important to know what you're looking for articulate what you're looking for, and then have software like Jazz HR to go and help you understand what is working and what is not working. Like those conversion rates I was telling you about. Like being able to give people an experience of that all by saying, uh, by clicking a button and now they get their next stage. Can you get people through five stages of your interview process in 48 hours? You can with Jazz HR. And they could be really impressed and excited to work for you. People are get bored or they lose, they lose their interest in working for you when they have to wait hours and hours and hours and hours to hear back from you or they don't know what the stages are. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I keep mentioning Jazz HR. So for any of you guys who have already Googled it while you're looking at it, if you go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash Jazz HR, 
That's how you can get Abby. And that's how you can get in on that group rate I was telling you about. And it's around like 115, I think it is a month for that middle plan. And guys, I want you to think about it like as if how much is your next new employee worth? Okay. How much are they worth? Are they worth, are they able to generate $15,000 a year in revenue for you? Um, how do you figure that out? Okay. So you have five employees and you make $100,000 of revenue in your business. You don't do any of the work. Roughly speaking, each one of your workers is responsible for 20 grand. Now it doesn't seem like that much if, if you can pay a hundred bucks or whatever to do that and, and, and get someone back that can increase your revenue by that much. How much of that revenue would be profit for you? Or on the other hand, if you can also systematize the onboarding part where you actually train them and there's lots of different, you know, things that you can do, but like, you know, get them a pet sitting, pet uh, CPR and first aid certification and a pet sitter certification all in under four hours that you have to pay them for. And you can, you can do that all lickety split through pet care team training. That's easy and exciting because it's streamlined. And, and now that you've hired them, they're like excited to get out there because they had an exciting training part with you. I mean, the whole thing, it's a courtship and a marriage, essentially. You're building a relationship with people. And so think about they're applying for other people as well. So every other people are vying for their attention. What are you going to do to stand out? I can give you examples. I can't tell you exactly because I don't know what you're looking for. But I can say, make the process fast and smooth. Um, get it, get them through like within a week at the most, at the very most, a lot of people are taking two and three weeks of, of interviews back and forth. And by that time they're, they're, they're putting the nail in their own coffin. Um, the verbiage and the way that you talk, are you a, like, I, Hey girl, people all the time, like, Hey girl, you go girl, like pay attention to your vernacular and, and don't be afraid to put that in your phases or in this, these interview processes that you're doing. Don't be afraid to put it in the job description. It does not, you're not a corporate job behind a desk. Like, don't be afraid to get cute with it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be different by it. People will hear your voice. Try hiring a copywriter to write one of them. Who knows? Who knows what's going to convert? You have to test it and you have to be playing with all the dials because it's not just one thing. It is a global um, effort when you're trying to attract the right kind of people in any kind of market, any kind of market. Yeah, it's really taking the exact same approach we do to getting clients and the client experience, the client onboarding process, the client communication process. What is, there, what is it like for them to interact with us and, re- and reapplying that to the hiring process and going, okay, um, you know, maybe it's a little different. Uh, maybe we we do things a little differently over here versus the way we do with our clients. But a lot, if someone's listening to this, going, "Oh gosh, like I don't even know where to start," uh, you, it sounds like we should have all of these same skills kind of already built up for finding new clients and talking to clients. We're just, you know, putting a few filters over it to to talk to the people that we're hiring. One would hope. Um, <laughs> although, as I see in. Um, you know, uh, in, in my mastermind, um, every month we have a different topic. One of like next month's topic is, um, customer service and customer experience. And we actually had Joey Coleman in there, uh, last year or the year before never lose a customer. And, uh, he has this hundred day method. 
And it's really cool. And it's like, you know, cause buyer remorse sets in after you, you know, have your first, uh, after you sign the deal or whatever. And you're like, did I make the right decision? Did they do all this stuff? And we go through this, like this roller coaster of, of, of emotions. So yes, in theory, it absolutely is. You should have an amazing client experience. And that doesn't mean like, Hey, thanks for using our service. It means something that's like touching them for the next three or four months. And it's, it is the same thing with employees. And that's after the onboarding process, that's getting them to fill out things like their fu- their favorites uh, sheet when you hire them and know what makes them tick and having personality tests so that, you know, their love language and like just ways that you can surprise and delight them um, to make sure that those beats stay up. So yes, um, I always say there's two problems you're always going to solve and it's getting more clients and it's getting more employees. Everything can be uh, underneath one of those two. And yes, a client experience and a, and a employee experience is very important. But in order to do that, that's so far down the line. Like you got to know who you are and what you're looking for right. first distinctly. And how is it different than the other 10 pet sitters that just put a job offer right next to yours? What are you going to do to stand out? Or are you that preteen that dresses just like all the other five girls, you know, you all have the same shirt, the same kind of shoes. Like what makes you stand out? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're, we're competing for the same hires. We're competing for similar clients. And so having these good processes, having these good um, onboarding procedures really do help us compete with businesses who are maybe even able to to pay more, right? Like where it's not just that number that we have attached to the per hour. There's all this other stuff that we can start building into it to start, you know, again, as you said, making that courtship process between you and whoever you're hiring, you know, a little bit better. One thing that I've always struggled with, and so I'd I'd love to get your uh, feedback on this, and and I know uh, others do as well, is, you know, we ask for references at the end of something. Uh, What what do we ask a reference? What makes a good question (laughs) to a reference other than what you think of them? Um... I don't really actually believe in asking for references. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of think that like someone's going to be really dumb if they're going to give you a reference, that's going to give them a bad reference. Right. Um, and so, I mean, when it comes to asking employers, we're really, you know, our hands are tied with what we can actually ask or what we can say. So it's really just verifying dates of employment. Um, and if you would ever hire them again. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, this day and age, I would more so be, you know, internet stalking them. Um, I would do a Google search. Um, I would rely on things like the Orion to see if uh, the questionnaire, the test that they filled out, if it actually, if they're lying on it or not. Um, I would, within my processes and my phases, I would, I would be testing for the things that I really want to know. Like tell me, um, you often get it from the actual applicant. So, okay, tell me about your last three jobs. Uh, tell me, tell me about the last one. What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Okay, cool. What did your supervisor do that was like really awesome? And what did you, what did they do that you know you wish they could have changed? All right, cool. Tell me about your second one behind that, and then the third one. And you ask those same questions. You're going to start seeing a pattern within the person where you can know if you got to go deeper or sideways on. But I don't. Respectfully, I don't think that references are really going to help explain anything to you because most people aren't going to give you names of people that aren't going to sing their praises. You know, it's like a 
it's a formality that started I before social media, right. and for some reason, it's still out there. Right. Well, yeah, no, and that's a good thing to rem- remind ourselves that if we are asking for that, that that's going to be heavily, heavily biased, and that there are other things we can come alongside of it and supplement with, whether that's additional questions on uh, the, the hiring form or whether that's doing a little bit of Google uh, stalking and and other things like that, but not relying just on the word of somebody who you know you don't know from Adam. And you you alluded to this a little bit earlier of, of people being burned by a bad hire and then swearing off the whole process mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. How do we recover from a hire gone wrong? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we just had a story in my mastermind about a gal who's just about to start hiring again, and uh, she hadn't done it since pre COVID because. Um, her employee was accused of stealing a Louis Vuitton purse. And uh, it turns out that she did. And it was a big, hairy mess. And so, of course, she had some, like, you know, she was a little gun shy um, moving forward. So, again, this all comes from within ourselves. Um, we have to acknowledge what part did we have in this, meaning, you know, could we have done a better job at testing this person or checking them out? Or did we just meet them at a dog park and they liked dogs? So we hired them. Um, so I would say first ask, how could I improve? You know, I think a good leader is always asking what part did I have in this and how can I improve? Um, the second thing is, is know that nothing is 100% foolproof and you could get one of the most perfect people ever, but it doesn't mean it means that they were perfect in their past. It doesn't mean that, you know, they might have a crisis in life and act a fool and make mistakes (laughs) or become dishonest. right? Right. So you can never like, don't beat yourself up. But I think through proper, um, you alluded to culture earlier, or just the way that you train up your staff and the relationships that you have with them. There's, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And it just depends on the individual. Um, but you, it, it starts with, am I going to let fear get in the way of my why? And if you can tell me, no, you're not, and then be ready to take action, then you got it, girl. But if not, then that's okay too. But let's be honest with ourselves of where we want our business to go and who is the one that's actually holding our business back. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Taking that time to really do some self-reflection. And I think that plays into a little bit of, of the why we're hiring and how we view that person. Are we viewing them just as a a grunt to do the work that we don't want to, or are we viewing them as a valuable asset that's going to help increase the client um, uh, experience and, and help increase satisfaction across the company? Because you hire those two thought processes very differently and you're You need to set yourself right. up for success and exactly what you want out of that person too. Are you a member of pet sitters international? PSI is the largest educational association for professional pet sitters and dog walkers with a mission to promote pet sitting excellence through education. After the tumultuous past year, having the support of a strong community and direct access to educational resources and business tools is more important than ever before as you rebuild your business in 2021. PSI is here to help. With a monthly member toolkit, monthly bonus resources, online trainings, private member group, and more, combined with group rates on insurance and background checks, PSI is the one-stop shop for everything you need for your pet sitting or dog walking business. 
As an educational association, PSI believes that if you know better, you'll do better and invites you to join thousands of other like-minded professionals who are committed to offering the best possible pet care services and elevating our industry. If that sounds like you, which I'm sure it does, visit PetSit.com slash PSC to learn more. Our listeners can save $15 off your first year membership by using the promo code PSC15 at checkout. So all this talk about hiring is makes me think of the question of, is hiring right for everybody? Is, is every person listening supposed to hire for their business? Nope. Uh, that's the short <laughs> there answer. You go. Nope. <laughs> Next. No kidding. <laughs> um, there are many people out there that have no business hiring, but they're trying to do it. And then they're blaming it on everything else except for themselves. Mm. You know, there's something to be said when, um, you know, you're the common denominator, right? right? And so it's, it's, you have to be vulnerable. It, it, it's uncomfortable. Like we talked about, like to truly do it right. You're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect out the gate. You have to tweak it. You have to be, you have to have a mentality of, you know, you don't mind failure and you're going to keep going forward. Um, because you're connected to that. Why you're going to not make the right choices a hundred percent of the time. What are you going to do when that happens? How are you going to mitigate the fear and the risk? You know? So no, it's not right for everybody, but you know, there comes a point where either someone is tapped out and they're doing 10 visits a day or more, God forbid, and that's their life. And then your mental health starts taking a toll and it's, it's, you know, you're lonely and you're depressed or you become overweight because you're going through drive through all day or your own, you don't even get to see your own pets or you start resenting life or it's just the same old thing. And life happens to me, you know, it, it really can crush a person. Um, but for the right person too, it won't crush you and you're perfectly content doing what you're doing. And this is what you're doing. And that's it. I would encourage you to go work for someone else so that they can take care of all the extra headache of stuff. Um, because it's a lot to be running a business and working a business. It's, it's very, very difficult. And to do that long-term, but, um, I believe that, you know, uh, and this is why I'm a coach and this is why I, I help people on the cusp of getting employees and scaling their business up to seven figures is because I believe the people that I work with are the ones that have a bigger vision for their life, for their family, for their future. They see their business as an asset, not as a wet blanket. They see um, uh, obstacles just as things that they need to zig and zag around, not something that like, you know, pounds them down into the ground and they can't get up. Um, So it, it, it's a personal question. It really right. is. It really is. Yeah. It's a, another reminder of when we start our businesses, just how, as you said, personal it's going to be. It's an entire personal journey. And that that is both exhilarating and it's both, as we mentioned earlier, it's it's fear it's fearful. It's it's scary to think of just how of much of us gets put in the business. But that's good because then we're able to come from our strengths, right? We're able to lean into those and we're able to grow in the areas where we need to grow to get to the places that we have in mind of our goals uh, and to start viewing it as I, I love how you said that as viewing a business as an asset to accomplish these things in life that we want like that just completely changes how you know what you do after you wake up in the morning when you view it as an asset yeah 100 percent. i mean at the end of the day you got to remember why you started the business and um 
most of the time I can generalize it and it's people say for freedom and it's that they don't have to be told what to do. But what they don't realize is that their business is actually holding them hostage and it's holding their life hostage and their relationships hostage. And it's this turning point that you get to when you're actually ready to start doing the work, which is where it's exciting for me, Colin, because like the people that like I let in the mastermind are the ones that are like pulling up their sleeves, ready to get get to work and ready to like push their brains outside, um, outside of the norm. Right. <laughs> and it's the people like, um, I think I had told you and I'll mention it now. Um, we're doing a hiring challenge next month in May for just anyone who wants to join. Normally I've done this before and they've been $500. We're only doing it for 10 bucks this time. And that's just basically, so we don't get any looky lose like 10 bucks, a little bit of a trip wire in a way that's called you know, put at least 10 bucks down so that you're in there. And I know that you're kind of serious about it and let's do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, we just loaded up that group with all of the postings for the whole month and resources and videos and trainings and like all this amazing stuff, because it's important who you surround yourself with. And there's so many free groups of negativity out there. And it's important to be around other people who say you can do it, or you can watch other people actually doing it. You're not just listening to me and saying, yeah, Bella, you don't understand. No, watch my jumpers. Like they actually make it happen. They do it. Mm. And, um, and that's what we're going to do the whole month of May. And you can sign up on JumpyBot by going to jumpconsulting.net forward slash challenge and JumpyBot will sign up and or jump up and get you signed up. Um, but it's, you, you have to be, I keep saying leadership here because I feel so strongly about yeah. it. I feel like that really determines someone's um, tenure in their business. Right. And it's, are you going to surround yourself by people doing it? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to stay isolated listening to your podcast or your music in your own self doubt and self fears and conundrum every day? Are you going to reach outside yourself? Are you going to find a place of people doing it, making it happen, trying things different? Colin, a year ago, do you know that I had one of the world's best sales trainers come into my mastermind? and give people a blueprint on how to do virtual consultations. Hmm. What? <laughs> what? Do you know that I just got off a mastermind call today and I have like at least a dozen companies that are actually doing virtual consultations. Some of them who were the biggest like naysayers about it. And now they're like, we ain't ever going back. yo. <laughs> like all of those fears and all those, yeah, but you don't understand. I have companies that only run dogs that do this. Right. Okay. And it's, it's, Guys, it's changing how business has changed. Nothing's going back to normal. We are in a different environment. You get to determine how you build your business back up. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. But you have the best opportunity right now to do whatever you want. What do you want? You guys ever seen the notebook? When he sits there and says to her, what do you want? It's one of my favorite scenes. Um, maybe I can send you a clip for your show notes. Yeah. <laughs> but truly, guys, like, what do you want? The how to is so easy. It's easy. It's you and your brain that you got to get past. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you don't have fear, but you got to surround yourself by people that are going to push you and that you can do it with. You got to be feeding your eyes and your ears. With positive stuff, clearly you're doing that right now because you listen to this podcast and you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. All right. It's time to wake up 
Business is coming back. The world's coming back. And I hope to God in the past year, you did some self-discovery and you worked on your systems, processes, and procedures. And if you didn't, look me up. I can help you too. <laughs> Because there's all, you know, the best time to have started was yesterday. The next best time is today, right? When we, (laughs) but for real, I mean, that's, I mean, you want to talk interview questions, Colin? That's going to be an awesome interview question for the next couple of years. 2020 pandemic. What did it mean to you, Colin? Mm. You listen. Okay, here's here's a tip. I'll tell you all your listeners. I talk about this in my employee quick start program. You ask a question and then you stick a straw in your mouth and you start drinking your drink. Why? So that you stop talking. <laughs> Listen, too many people talk the entire interview. You should not be talking the entire interview. You are interviewing someone, right? And so you ask the applicant a question and then you stop talking. The best way to do that is to drink, have a drink with you because that'll that'll give your mouth something to do. I know that sounds funny, but it totally works. And so you ask somebody, what was 2020 like? Guys, a good answer would be, um, oh my gosh, it was amazing. I got to get you know stronger relationships in my life or I started walking or hiking or I rearranged my house or like, I don't know, all these things that they worked on. Or they could be like, oh my God, 2020 was terrible. Oh my gosh, we're all going to get 5G poisoning. And that like, regardless of how you feel about masks, maybe they're complaining about masks. Maybe they're complaining about the government. Maybe they're, are they being positive on their thought process of it? Or are they being negative? Mm -hmm. It's the same kind. It goes in line with the question I was telling you, Colin, about your last job and the job before that and the job before that. Are they a positive person or are they a negative Nelly? And and if you listen and you ask the right questions and you know what you're looking for, they're going to tell you. I promise. You just have to have clarity first. Listen for those unspoken things. You know, you're listening for the space between the words, basically. You are trying to see yes. what are they not saying as opposed to what they are blatantly saying. Because when someone says, yes. you know, yeah, right. It would be great if they said, oh, you know, what was 2020 like for you? And they're like, I was really motivated and I became a better leader. And I, you know, was really, uh, you know, self-starter through it all. Like they could say all the buzzwords or they could say, you know what? I learned how to cook pasta and uh, yeah, I got, you know, I went on more <laughs> hikes and I did all these stuff. Those are the, they said the exact same thing, just didn't use the buzzwords. And so it really does take time to yes. listen for that. Get out of our head mm-hmm. and be, be focusing on them. Which is is hard, right? Because then we've got to pay attention, and we get start to get impatient. And how long is it going? And there's all the stuff that I could be doing, and I'm wasting time doing this. But you're going to miss all of those signs if you're busy doing other stuff. But see, that's the perfect thing. Like when you have a standardized way of doing yeah. it, you say, okay, you get one point for answering this question positive, one or no point for answering it negative. Mm. You know, or um. Describe 2020 in three words. Were they positive or were they negative? And then you get to score that on your own little notebook that nobody sees. So it's there's it's fun, guys. When you when you actually dissect it, I don't think people understand how much work it actually takes to create this workflow in these phases, as I keep saying. But if you really put the energy into it, it's gonna be like so much more of a walk in the park you're going to feel like compared to how you were doing it before. Yeah. And take that joy. Remember, uh, cause you're doing something good for your business, yeah. right? So it should be this, yeah. this, this process that you start to look forward to because you know, at the end of this, it's going to be better 
than where you're starting from right now. Yes, exactly. Bella, this conversation has been fascinating, and I really appreciate you coming and hammering home the point that we need to figure out what we want and that it's up to us and that is something that we should look forward to and that there is actually joy in this arduous process that uh, might not be there when we first <laughs> when we first think about it. But I know that there's a lot more to this uh, and you have a whole thing going on next month and um, people have a lot more questions about this ever-changing topic and it's always something that uh, people are interested in. So how can people get in touch with you and remind us of where to go sign up for next month. Okay. Thanks, Colin. Um, so the first thing is I encourage you guys to just connect with me on IG. It's just Bella Vasta. I like to like, you can slide into my DMS or whatever. I just, I like to build a relationship with people. Um, so that's where I'm going to send you. I'm not even sending you to my website. Surprise, surprise. Um, I want to, I want to be your friend. So reach out, tell me what you, what was your biggest takeaway today? What stood out to you? Because Colin and I are sitting here on zoom recording this in our own offices, but we're really curious to know how you guys liked it and what, what stood out to you. Cause what stood out to me might, might've been different. Um, the other thing, thanks Colin. Yeah. So we are doing that challenge next month. And if, if you're ready to hire it, or you're scared to, and you want to put yourself in that community, like we were saying, Come and join us. It's jumpconsulting.net forward slash challenge. It's only $10 for the entire month. And you'll get all of me. And by the end of it, you'll either love me or you'll hate me. And that's okay too. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, if you if neither of those are interesting to you or you're not ready to do that and you still want to keep to yourself, just go to joinjumpconsulting.com. That's exactly how you can sign up for that um, jump and scale course, that three-hour course I talked about earlier where you can watch the videos and create your avatars for who you want to hire. When you're like, Bella, I don't even know who I want to hire. What are you talking about? How do I do these phases? What are you talking about? I explain it all right there. It's joinjumpconsulting.com and you'll get it all in your email. Perfect. And I'll have links to that and more of the stuff that we've discussed in the show notes and on the website so people can click right to those and it's easy to find and to start making some positive changes today in their business. Again, Bella, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. It's so nice to finally meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Many of us decide it's time to hire because we are busy. We have too much on our plate and we need to take a break. But I, what I loved about my conversation with Bella is that we have to take a step back from that and figure out first what exactly is that we want out of our business. She said it a lot, and so I'll say it one more time. What do you want? What do we want? Hiring just because we're busy doesn't always get us the exact employees that we need to help us run the business that we want to be running. And so finding our motivations and finding our purpose in business and in life and aligning those with who we are as a person, yes, that is a process. But it is a process that is going to give us ultimately a much better business and a much higher quality of life at the end of the day because we know we are operating in our strengths and we are operating centered around our purpose for our business and for ourselves. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International for making today's show possible. And we want to thank you for listening, for tuning in, and would love any and all feedback that you have on this topic and others that you'd like to hear going forward. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, 
and we will be back again soon. <laughs>